The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Now we're going to be talking about reaffirming small moments and how that works inside of our story and also how that works in real life because there are, you know, our art reflects our real lives and so we have these small moments that come through in literature, in our stories, that often are so much more powerful when we keep them small as they are And we also have these things in our own lives. Uh, When something small yet significant happens, how do we deal with that? How do we celebrate it? How do we acknowledge it? So let's go ahead and dive in. I've already talked about this episode of The New Yorker, The New Writer's Voice, uh, which is Susan Choi's flashlight story that she reads. But I, when I was listening to it, And this is how I often get inspiration as I listen to stories or I read stories. And I think about what can I pull out of this to help the person who's listening to my podcast and also to help myself because I'm constantly refining my craft. And so I was listening to this story, which was the September 1st episode. If you're interested, Uh, you can go listen to it yourself, which it is very interesting for multiple reasons. But one of them is that a huge turning point for the character happens in a very small line. And for me, I really enjoy those moments as a reader, and I try to build them into my story as a writer. And when they happen in my real life, I try to enjoy them. I'm recording an episode while my kids are home, so if there are any background noises... I apologize. I'm trying my best. So in Susan Choi's flashlight, Louisa, who's the main character, who's also a 10-year-old, and in my opinion, way too mature, way too mature, way too mature of a portrayal of a 10-year-old, um, she's going to therapy to talk about her father's death, which is... Not a spoiler, by the way, because we learn about his death right away in the story. And she's angry. So in the story, Louisa doesn't trust adults, and she doesn't think that they pay attention. She's pretty much angry at all of them. And one of the interpretations of this could be that Louisa's angry at her father for dying and leaving her with her mother, whom she really doesn't get along with. Uh, and who is also disabled. So there's a lot of stuff going on in this story, 
And of course, uh, Susan Choi is an expert writer and she is able to weave all these things together without being obvious. But the one of the culminations of the story comes when Louisa is in a therapy session and she's with the doctor and she muses at the beginning of the session that adults never listen. And this is her thought. So she's not saying it to the doctor directly. But the longer she's in there and the more that she's discussing things with him and he's observing her, she starts to realize that maybe he's not like the other adults that she knows because he's actually trying to understand how she feels and he's not assuming things. He wants him, he wants her to tell him. And the way that we get to know that something is clicking in Louisa's head is simply that she thinks, oh, maybe some adults do listen or something like that. And it's very nonchalant. It doesn't make, uh, there. you know, Choi doesn't bring all of the attention to this detail. She kind of slides it in there because it is a small moment. But the thing is, small moments can have big effects on our lives. And in this moment, it's the first time that Louisa is starting to feel like she can trust an adult again since her father has died. And that's very significant to the story. And so I was thinking about you. I was thinking about me and my writing. And I thought, you know, this is smart. It's so clever to reaffirm something that has changed in the character with a small moment because those are the types of things where the reader stops and thinks about it. And when the reader is thinking about your story while they're not reading your story, that means you're doing something right. If you can get them, I always say, like, if I'm thinking about a story two weeks later, that was an amazing story because normally I don't think about them that long and I'm not analyzing them for such a long time. In Write the Perfect Read, the fiction edition, uh, I talked about how, because that was my part of the book to write, I talked about how in brain science they've seen that those memories and those feelings of being in the protagonist's place can last, you know, four or five days. And that's really amazing. But think about how much more of an impact your story has if those things that you put in the reader's brain are still there two weeks later, a month later, three months later, a year later. And that's the kind of staying power that some books have. And for me, uh, the books that I still think about pretty often that I haven't read or I haven't, I read them for the first time years ago are Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, uh, uh, Star Wars Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. I still, I still think about those characters. I'm still like, oh man, there's some things that were just heartbreaking or amazing or that is the power of storytelling is you invade a small spot in the reader's brain and you kind of hang out there and sometimes you hang out there forever, which is an amazing thought to have that you would write a story that would cause a lifelong impact on a reader's life. That is pretty much uh, 
you know, the ultimate goal. Some people view that as a type of immortality. And that's one of the goals that some writers have is that, okay, when I die, my voice lives on in my writing. And right now, I don't really want to investigate whether that's something that I feel is true or not true. But it's something for you to think about. And you can't always force your way into someone's memory with all these crazy long sentences or these insane action scenes. Sometimes it's the subtle things that really make a difference in the reader's mind and in your story and in your character's life. So the example that I used uh, with Louisa as a character and her realizing that maybe she can trust this adult, it's very subtle. And it doesn't seem fancy or flashy or big. And the narrator is not narrating it as something anything other than a little girl's voice, which is also subtle. And that is something interesting you can think about. Why is it that a child's voice seems more subtle sometimes than the voice of an adult? But also, can I make a child's voice more powerful than an adult's voice? And in this case, that's one of the dynamics that Choi is exploring. I promise I, I won't bring this short story up again for another couple episodes at the very least. But I just thought when I heard that line that it was something that we should talk about. And to segue, I finished doing something today and it seemed like a very small thing. I finally uh, finished the updated version of Write the Perfect Read, the fiction edition, with its beautiful new cover that matches all the covers of the new courses and books that are going to come out in the next year. And it's very exciting, but it, it you know, it took me four hours to upload all the files and to tweak the EPUB file and get the PDF table of contents just right. And those are, those are seemingly small moments, but, you know, this is a bigger, it's a bigger thing in my life and in the career uh, of Maria and I as, you know, a united front as literary symmetry. And that is, you know, it's a small action that represents a larger action, which is focused branding as a company and as writing partners and as uh, a group, a business that's working toward creating the Academy of Storytelling, which is going to have uh, six courses that look like things that are inside of Write the Perfect Read, the fiction edition. And now they don't just, uh, they're not just friends, they, they look like a family, and that's a big step as a business to put in all the work to make everything match and to make everything similar tonally and to actually create a tone guide. That has to do with copywriting, uh, but it's something that every business needs to understand the client, to understand the customer, so that you can create something that they want and that they realize that they want. So I was working on that and I clicked, you know, the publish button for the EPUB and then for the print book. And then I did it on Ingram Spark and then I did it on Publish Drive, you know, so that I could have it 
match across all the different distributions. And I'm working on our first audiobook, which is my first audiobook. And if I step back and I look at what happened today as far as bringing the updated version of that book forward, it's not that big compared to all of the things that I'm working on and all of the projects that I'd like to come out with in the next two years. But it was a big deal for me because it it was a book that I started writing before I finished my copy editing course. And Maria and I worked on it. And then I finished it and I went back and I was like, oh no, this has some mistakes. <laughs> or, wow, we kind of missed this part. And also now I have it so that it ties into my free course story filters. And these are small moments in my life. These are small moments in my business. But I know that I have to acknowledge them or else I'm going to go crazy because I feel like I haven't done anything, even though I've been working to unify all these different products for the last uh, four months. And so it's, it's cool to put one... Uh, one piece of that puzzle out into the world and to say, hey, this is actually a great product and it's right now. I added extra stuff for you because I care about you, which I added in a bonus chapter to celebrate its release, its re-release, and uh, also the fact that the audiobook will be coming out relatively soon because, you know, Everything is delayed right now because of uh, COVID. And so I was looking at the lead time for being able to have audiobooks approved. And it's it's going to be a while. I couldn't even find a definite amount of time. It was pretty vague. <laughs> so that's going to come out eventually. And it's a cool thing. Like my husband and I, uh, he had to go into work later today and he's working late tonight. So we went out and we had brunch and we celebrated that I finished morphing this project into something that it was supposed to be all along. And that's the thing. You know, one lunch in a story, it doesn't seem like a big deal. One lunch in my life doesn't even seem like a big deal. But it's a turning point for me because it's a turning point for my business and that affects me. And it's something that I need to acknowledge and I want to encourage you that if there are any small things that you've accomplished lately that you haven't taken the time to acknowledge or celebrate, that you should do it because it's building towards something, right? And we can't always have these giant moments in our lives. You know, Judy Bloom can she only released in the unlikely event one time and it took her four years to get there. But there were lots of little milestones she passed as she was working on it. And I can't imagine working on a project for four years and never celebrating one moment through that four years until I finished. Because that would be depressing and discouraging. So think back, what have you done in the last four months that was really important to you and that mattered, but that you didn't acknowledge? And, you know, tweet it out. You can... Uh, Tweet with, uh, you know, the hashtag my story matters, or you can tweet me directly at sincerely underscore Chris, and I would love to. Uh, that's K R I S. I would love to celebrate with you 
because those moments matter. They matter in your story for your characters, but they also matter in your real life for you. And you need to take those victories and own them because celebrating the small moments in your life is going to help you get to those moments that feel so far away. And I know for writers, a lot of our projects are big and they take a lot of time. And so you need that. And I want to give you that. And today I had that with Travis and we had a really nice lunch and mine had quinoa in it, which I really love quinoa. It like, it makes me drool when I smell it. And, uh, you know, Travis has, has told me that that's pretty gross, but I don't care. I love quinoa. I am uh, unapologetic about it. And just a fun fact, if you want to say quinoa in uh, modern Greek, you would say quinoa, which sounds pretty awesome. So take these small victories, celebrate them with the people you love, stalk me on Twitter or Instagram. My Instagram is at kristin.n.spencer, just like my name is spelled, which is all over the Expensive Words website. And I will celebrate with you because these small moments, they matter and we need to reaffirm them. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. Happy writing.